Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me okay? There we go. It's having some connectivity issues. I am standing here on location. I figure this is a very appropriate place to do an introduction for our guest today. Uh, Ryan, we have Ryan here from Launch Your Farm. And I'm going to give you a quick background on Ryan. And Ryan, you have no idea where I'm standing because you're probably not local to San Diego, are you? No, never been. Okay, so... So Ryan is the hyper-local guy. Ryan has moved more times than I can count. I mean, actually, I, I, I read his bio, so I, I know the exact number, but it's more fun to say he's moved more times than he can count and had to continue to relaunch a career. And the reason he's here, guys, I believe, and probably so do you guys, in the real estate industry of the future, which is pretty much today going forward, being hyper-local and connecting to the people that you want to stay a friend of, that's the only way we're going to compete with the Zillows of the world. These large hedge funds is to own your relationship. So this is where I'm standing right now. There you go. Nice. I'm standing 10 minutes from my house at Legoland. And this is not just a fun intro for you, Ryan. This is because it's actually my, uh, my six-year-old's birthday today. So nice. after Agent Power Huddle, I'll be, be uh, walking around Legoland. But I just wanted to, to do that intro and turn it over to you. I'll be here to kind of to whatever you need. But Ryan, I'm so grateful you are here. Awesome. Yeah, I'll jump in. I'll just share my screen. We'll jump into the presentation and discuss geographic farming and some myths about geographic farming. So just let me know if you can see that okay. Let's see. see it okay? says launching on my side. Now I see it. Yep. It's there. Perfect. I see it. All right. Awesome. So give me one second. Just put it into full screen. Okay. So yeah, we're going to be talking about some common geographic farming myths. And a lot of these are actually true with real estate as a whole. But we're going to talk about what farming is, some of these myths, and we're going to bust some of that. So just a quick intro to who I am. You, you did a great job of doing introductions, but I'm the host of the Launcher Farm show. I have an online show myself where I interview real estate agents about geographic farming. I have some coaching and training programs as well. I've, I'm a speaker and trainer. I'm a licensed agent myself, but I do focus my time on the speaking and training side of things. And I used to host a, a podcast years ago called The Niche Agent. And obviously I am a fan of geographic farming. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be sharing this if I wasn't a fan. And I think it's important to understand how you, you can grow your business with geographic farming. I firmly believe that farming is the future. And for a number of reasons, the first reason is real estate's changing. Like you mentioned, technology's changing. And the reason, the way we can stay relevant is by being hyper-local and building those hyper-local relationships. Farming in the past has, has changed from how we used to do it to how we're doing things now. You used to just send out postcards and hopefully you get enough business from that. But we have to get real focused on hyper-local relationships and hyper-local marketing. And the other reason why farming is the future is that because of those shifts, we have an opportunity to really grow our business and grow those community relationships that people won't be able to take away. The big technology won't be able to take away those relationships when you know who owns the restaurant down the street, who owns that business, who lives in that house. And when we can build those relationships, we can really build a solid business for ourselves and insulate ourselves and protect ourselves. So before I jump in, I want to start sharing what farming isn't. A lot of people, when they hear geographic farming, they think that farming is postcards and door knocking. And the reality is those are strategies you can use in farming, but that's not what the fundamental core of what farming is. So I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of agents. And the first thing they think of when they think of farming is postcards and door knock. And they say, well, I don't want to do it, or I've tried that and it doesn't work. And the reality is those are some strategies, but not the only way to do it. Farming, if you haven't heard of it, comes from, just like real farming, comes from the analogy of going out and planting your crops, 
you then tend to your farm, you watch it grow, you reap your har- or you reap your harvest, and then you repeat it. And farming can be used for anything, really. It can be used for your database. It can be used for your sphere. It can be used for geographic farming. It can be used for fizzbos. It really is focusing on a segment, putting your time and attention into them. Now, I teach geographic farming because that's something I'm passionate about. And I think it's something that a lot of agents should have in their business. And my definition of farming is strategically focusing your expertise marketing and prospecting efforts in one specific geographic area to build a sustainable business and long-term relationships. So it's a long-winded answer to basically say you're the go-to person in your community or in the area that you serve. You pick a geographic area, you put your time and attention into it. Now, it doesn't mean that's the only business you do. You can do business elsewhere and do different things. But when you start to learn to farm, you have to be focused on the area. Now, one of the things I always talk about is the core of of farming is what I consider CPR. It's how you revive your farm. And it stands for community positioning and relationships. And without this, you don't really have a farm and anything you do should be kind of seen through this lens of CPR, which is community positioning and relationships. You have to put your community first. You have to serve your community. You have to learn to give back to the community. You have to have a community that you're actually focusing on. Then you have to position yourself as the expert and the ambassador. And there's two different reasons why we want to do both of those, but you have to become that expert and you have to be ambassador for the community. And if you can do that, then you start to build relationships. And then as you build those relationships, you then build a stronger community within your own business. And then it repeats itself. You then build the community. You then position yourselves even further as that expert and the ambassador, and you build relationships even further. So anytime we do anything with farming, we want to look at it and saying, is this helping me build a community? Is this positioning me as the expert and the ambassador? And is this helping me build relationships? Now, when you look at that, you can then look at the strategy that you're doing and say, are these strategies helping me achieve this or are they not? And a lot of agents have heard of different strategies and tried different things and say, farming works, farming doesn't work. But when you look at it through this core fundamentals, you'll be able to see farming in a different perspective. So today I'm going to bust some farming uh, myths, but before I want to do that, I want to share why we should be farming. Because a lot of people think farming doesn't work or it's not as effective and it's not something they want to do, but there's a lot of benefits as to why you'd want to farm. The first is, as we mentioned, it helps position you as that local expert. And when you learn to position yourself as a local expert, you're able to convert more leads. And because you can convert more leads, you can then lower your costs. I've known agents who have halved their marketing costs because they've learned to farm correctly and they're able to reach more people, get more business coming in. And if you lower your costs, you then become more efficient than with your business. If you've ever tried door knocking and cold calling and doing traditional style of real estate business, it can be very daunting. It can be time consuming, it can be expensive, and it sometimes isn't as efficient. If you're constantly looking for that next piece of business, if you're chasing that now business, you tend to be more less efficient with your time and energy because you're always looking for that next deal. As a result of that, you end up having a much more sustainable business model. And of the agents I've interviewed in my own experience, when you build a farm correctly, it starts to feed itself. The funds feed itself, the business feeds itself, the referrals feed itself, and you're able to sustain a much more stronger business over the long haul. And you can protect that by putting in what I call a safety net model, and I call it a scope method. It's a strategy that I talk about, and it's uh, basically developing a much more balanced approach with your business. And when you do that, you're able to insulate yourself against things like COVID, technology changes, competition, and you're able to build a much more business a business that's much more protectable and also it also leverages itself so that you can grow it quicker. And lastly, the reason why farming is so effective is it's a community-based approach. 
And when you get the community involved, you're able to grow quicker. You're able to build relationships faster. You're able to strengthen those relationships and you're able to grow a much more solid business. A lot of geographic farming in the past was very transactional and it was very just getting your name out there and letting people know that you sell real estate. But when you take that community and you build that into your business, you're able to grow a much broader business and a much bigger business and a much stronger business. So I mentioned, we're going to be talking about myths. So first, what is a myth? A myth is defined as an unfounded or false notion. And in this business, I'm sure if you've been around long enough, you've heard a ton of different myths. You've heard all kinds of things that you may have heard that you thought were true, things that you didn't think were true, things you weren't sure if they were true or not. The reality is there's a lot of myths in our business and there's a lot of things that come out of for various reasons, which I'll get to in a second as to where these come from. But a lot of these things stop people from going out and succeeding and they stop people from having success or stop people from even trying to do things. So where do these myths start from? The first common form of where myths show up is fear. And that happens in so many different ways. Fear has stopped so many agents from doing things that they should be doing. It stops so many agents from succeeding at high levels and it stops agents from really achieving what they want to achieve. And it shows up in different ways. It shows up in fear of failure, which is one of the most common ones. People don't want to do things because they're afraid of failing. They're afraid of looking bad. It also shows up in fear of success. That's something I struggled with for a long time. What if this actually takes off? What if I actually start to succeed? How am I going to handle this? How am I going to be able to manage all of this business? How am I going to be able to keep up with things? So that fear of success is just as real as the fear of failure that fear of looking silly. So a lot of people don't want to look bad. They don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing. They don't want to try things and do it wrong. So they're afraid of what other people are going to think about them. It also shows up in fear of the unknown. They don't know what's going to, what's going to happen next. And this fear drives a lot of these myths. And then it turns into misinformation. So we end up with a lot of misinformation about geographic farming, about real estate as a whole. And with this misinformation, we get these myths showing up where people have heard things incorrectly. They're based on people's fears. They get misinformation from people who have actually never done it, from people who have tried it but did it incorrectly, or people who have just knocked it because they're afraid of it. And this misinformation further spreads these myths. Also, we end up with a lack of training. And if you've been around the business for a long time, a lot of the training around geographic farming specifically is what I call old school training. There's not a lot of training that's out there that's relevant and up to date with new practices and new strategies and new approaches. And also there's just not a lot of training around geographic farming as a whole because people have lost the, the desire to do farming over the last few years, but we're seeing that resurgence, thankfully. And that's part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Also, these myths show up because of a lack of experience, because there's fear, because there's misinformation, because there's lack of training. People haven't gone out there and farmed like they used to, and people aren't farming the way they should. And we don't have as many people doing farming to show as good examples. So then there's people who have not tried it. They've not gone out and correctly done it. They've done it incorrectly based on the fear and the misinformation. And that lack of experience also drives these myths where people have said, I've tried it, I've done this. And the reality is they didn't really try farming. They just tried marketing. And then also we're left with out-of-date practices. As I mentioned, we have some old school strategies that still can work, but don't work the way they used to. We talked about postcards and door knocking and those can definitely work, but that isn't what farming is. So a lot of people think of farming as these old school practices and say, oh, I don't want to do that. Farming's not for me. It's not what I'm looking for. So we end up with these myths and these myths can really stop people from farming or stop people from succeeding at a high level. And we want to make sure that we bust that and make sure that we can blow those myths out of the water because if we can do that, we can reframe how we see real estate, how we see farming, and we can really reframe how we see our business. So 
what myths have you heard? I'm, I'm sure you've heard of things. You may not even realize that you may have heard things in the back of your mind and thought, ah, that's interesting. That's not, that's, that's something I thought about. Hopefully by the end of this, I'm going to bust some of those. I recently did this class and I got a call from someone after and she said she had taken some training and everything that I busted was something that she was told. And the reality is we hear these things and we've heard them whether consciously or subconsciously. We've maybe told them to ourselves. Maybe we've heard them from our colleagues, from our boss. So I want you to go through this and think about what myths you've heard because I want to bust some of them at the end if I haven't covered them. So keep that in mind as we go through and bust some of these myths. So the, I've got a, I do 10 myths really, but I picked the five most common just to fit into the time frame. But I, I'm going to go through and bust some of these myths because I think it's important for you to really reframe how you see the business and how you see farming. As I mentioned, farming has changed over the years. So if you've tried farming in the past, if you've done farming before, if you've heard of farming, if, you, if you're new to the business, you may have been stuck with these out-of-date practices, this misinformation, and just bad business practices as a whole. So I'm going to here to bust some of those myths and hopefully reframe how you see that. So the first myth is farming takes way too long to get business. I want instant results. The reality is nothing in real estate is instant. No matter what anyone tells you, there's nothing you can do that's instant unless you get a referral. But the fact to keep doing that rep, uh, replicatably and do it over and over again is impossible to do that instantly. Whether you're doing internet leads, whether you're doing online marketing, whether you're doing social media, whether you're doing door knocking or cold calling or open houses, nothing is instant. However, when it comes to farming, there are things we can do to speed up the process. A lot of people have heard the myth that it takes six to 18 months before you see results. Some people say it takes two years to see results. And you should just spend a lot of money and just keep dumping in there, expecting that you're going to get the results. And the reality is, yes, it can take some time to really plant your seeds and have the roots take, but to start to see results, you can get results very quickly. I had someone recently take my boot camp. They followed my instructions on week one. By week two, they got their first lead. And by week three, they did their first transaction. They were a brand new agent and got in there really quickly. When I started my own farm, I started in September. And by uh, January, I got my first deal. By March, I got my next deal, got another deal in March, another deal in April, two deals in May, another deal in June. So what happened was I've learned to speed up the process and you can speed up that and accelerate your success in, the, in your farm. And it doesn't have to take forever. That's, I think, one of the most common myths that it takes a long time to see results. When you're doing things incorrectly and when you're using the wrong approaches and wrong strategies, or not wrong, but not as effective strategies, yes, it will take a lot longer to see those results and to get that return and to start to see the results from the fruits of your labor. However, as I mentioned, nothing is instant. I'm not just going to start farming today and just all of a sudden be the number one agent tomorrow. It does take time, it takes work, and it takes perseverance, but it doesn't have to take as long as you've been probably told. So if you've heard that myth, I want you to bust it because it's not true. Again, the caveat to that is with the right approaches and the right strategies and the right work. If you're willing to work, you can speed it up. If you're hoping to just throw out some money and just sit back and collect a bunch of deals, you're going to be the person who's going to take two years to see those results because you have to back the right strategy with the right work. And if you do that, you will see results. So hopefully I busted that myth for you. Myth number two is I need to have sales in the area. No one knows who I am and I can't farm it till I sell a few homes first. I hear this all the time. Agents come to me and they say they want to start farming. They're not ready yet because they want to get a few sales so that they're confident with themselves. 
if we go back to those causes of, of these myths, the number one was fear. This is driven by fear. It's fear from that personal agent. They're insecure with themselves. They're not strong enough in their beliefs and that they can do this. And they feel that if I just have enough sales, then I'll be able to be that next agent. I'll be able to be the go-to person. The reality is with the right approach and the right positioning and attitude, you can become the expert in no time. You can do that without ever selling a home first in the area, and you can learn to position yourselves. As we talked about at the beginning, that CPR, that positioning allows you to become that go-to person. It allows you to become the ambassador and the expert, and you've never had to sold a home in your, in your area before. I mentioned my farm that I started in January and got my first deal in, in uh, sorry, it's lot started in September and got my first deal in January. I was new to the area, never sold a home in the area before, didn't know anyone in the area before. I had no sales experience in that area. I chose the right farm. I chose the right marketing. I chose the right approach and was able to get results very quickly. And it came from that positioning. It came from learning to become the ambassador and the expert in the community. So you don't have to have had sales in the neighborhood to get started. If that stopped you before, you need to learn to get rid of that myth blow that out of the water and say that I don't need to have ever sold a home. You could be brand new first day in the business and go out and start farming and start to farm successfully. Now, if you have success in that area, you've sold homes before, obviously you can leverage that to help speed up the process as well. And every deal you do should be used to help speed up and, and accelerate what you do in your farm, but you don't have to have sold any homes. You don't have to have sold one, two, 100, doesn't matter what that looks like. You can become the expert and start farming an area right away. You can do it today if you wanted to, but it's going to take, again, some time, the right approach and the right attitude to do that. Farming myth number three is turnover rates is the most important thing that I look at when I'm choosing a farm. I hear this all the time. I fell victim to this myth myself when I was choosing my very first farm. I failed miserably. I chose an area that it was based just on paper, looked great because it had a great turnover rate and a good price point. And the reality is that is not the only metric to use. It's not even sometimes the metric to use. I always say turnover rates are important, but it's not the most important number. I use the example all the time of, of my health. If I was to use one metric of my health, you don't really get a good snapshot of, of how healthy I am. If I say my blood pressure is great, so therefore I'm healthy, then it doesn't really give you the whole picture. How's my blood sugar level? How's my cardiovascular level? How's my cholesterol? Am I overweight? Am I eating correctly? You have to look at the whole picture when it comes to choosing your farm. And turnover rates aren't the most important thing. They are important and something you definitely want to consider when you're choosing your farm, but it's not the only thing. And so many old school trainers have told you, find something with a great turnover rate, find something with a good price point and go farm it missing out on so many other things. There's a lot of factors you want to choose when you're picking a farm. I'll give you an example. One of my first coaching clients chose an area and we knew that the area was a different area because it was turning over. It was an older area. The homes in the area were about 70, 60 years old. And most of the people in that neighborhood were, had been there for 40, 50 years. And what was happening was people were coming in, buying these older homes, renovating them and putting on big giant homes and turning these into much larger homes. The demographics were shifting in that neighborhood. And if you looked at the turnover rate, it was about 3%, 3.5% at the time. And the average in our, in our area was about 6%. So if he just chose based on turnover rate, you probably would have looked at that and skipped over it. But he was looking at the trends. We knew what he wanted to go after. We were looking at the price point. We were looking at the opportunities that he could go and get from that neighborhood. He consistently gets six figures from his farm every single year, year after year after year, doing very little work now because he put the time in to do it. 
And he got that from an area that if you were just basing it on, on turnover rate, what he would have overlooked. So on the flip side, there are areas where you may pick something that has a high turnover rate, but a lot of times those are lower price points or there's a lot of competition and that may not be the best fit for you. So you have to look at the whole, the, the, the area as a holistic or holistically and make a decision, not just based on turnover rates. Now, do you want to take that in consideration? Yes, because if all things were equal and this had a good turnover rate and this one didn't, yes, you want to take that in consideration. But don't allow yourself to not farm an area because it has a lower turnover rate than someone told you you should go after. Again, a lot of misinformation comes from lack of experience, lack of understanding, and those fears. A lot of times people have told people to go after areas with 10% turnover rate or higher. There's very few places that have that and can consistently do that. So there are very few places overall that have that. On average, you're looking at between 4 and 6% turnover rate. It also depends on where you live. Some areas are much higher turnover rates areas, areas just based on the demographics, the lifestyle. Some areas are have zero or a very low turnover rate because no one ever leaves. If you're in a small town in the middle of nowhere, you got to accept your turnover rate is what it is. If it's a 2% turnover rate because no one moves in and out of your town, that's the reality of your market. So you have to look at your market as a whole as well when you're making the decision and base it on the whole market, not just what someone told you to do. So if you've heard that and you've chosen a farm based on that, hopefully it's worked out for you. If you've stopped yourself from farming an area based on turnover rates alone, hopefully that's changed your mind as well. Myth number four is I should promote the heck out of myself. Farming is all about showing off my pretty face. Again, this is the way agents have been trained to do farming in the past. It's all about themselves. It's all about how great they are. It's all about how many homes they sell. It's all about getting their postcards with their name and their face and their logo out there. And the reality is when it comes to real farming, and we go back to that CPR, the community positioning and relationships, it's not about you. It's about the community and the community needs to know that you care about them and you need to add value to the community. And if you've watched any of my shows, you know, the agents who have done extremely well are the ones who put the community first and give back to the community. The decisions they do help is reflected in the community that the marketing they do is reflected in the community. The strategies they take on is reflected in the community. And when you put the community first, you don't even need to really promote yourself the way you, you've thought about because People will start to build relationships with you, know who you are, trust you, and allow you to build relationships and get deals. And you don't have to go out there and promote yourself. I was just on a, a, a show yesterday and they were talking about, we were talking about speaking with your audience versus speaking at your audience. And that's something I'm very passionate about. Your marketing should be a reflection of a as a conversation. It should be having a conversation with your audience and building trust and building relationships with them. Just like if you're at a party, you want to talk with people at a party. You don't want to stand on the screen and just blast at them like I'm doing now, telling you about things. You want to open it up, have dialogues, create conversation. And if you can do that, it changes how you do your marketing. Old school marketing when it comes to farming was speaking at your audience. It was just pushing your message out there, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And it didn't really build relationships. And that's part of the, where we get that myth of it takes six to 18 months to two years to get results. Because if you're just trying to tell people how awesome you are and how many homes you've sold, people don't care, especially nowadays with more and more things fighting for our attention. If you're not building relationships and not having conversations with the community, you are missing out. So if you've done farming before, if you're currently doing farming and doing that self-promotion, you may want to reevaluate that. If you've stopped yourself from farming because you've thought, uh, you know, I, I don't really feel comfortable promoting myself or I'm not sure if that's what I want to do. And think, rethink farming because it really has changed and the strategies have changed. I'm coaching an agent right now in the business, 30 plus years in the business. And what worked for him 
20 years ago and 10 years ago isn't working today because that self-promotion type marketing doesn't get the results that it used to get. So we want to reshift how we see the business and how we see the, the relationships we build in the community and make sure that we've put that aside and learn to give back to the community and build those relationships. And lastly, farming with number five is I should farm a bigger area. That way I won't miss out on business. I hear this all the time. Agents want to start way too big. They're afraid of missing out. We go back to those fears. That fear of missing out is huge and drives a lot of things for a lot of these misinformation for agents. And they think, well, it's better to go big because then I'm going to get business out of it. The reality is I always say this, it's better to scale up than it is to scale back. I just did a blog this week uh, and it's something I talked about uh, the importance of, of starting small and scaling up and how do you choose your farm with this when it comes to your farm size. A lot of agents think, well, if I start too small, I'm going to miss out on business and not get the, the uh, effects, right? I'm, I'm missing out on potential deals that I could have gotten. The reality is if you start small, you're going to work through your systems quickly. You'll be able to do it on a, a good budget. So you know what you're doing and you can practice on that smaller area and then scale up. If you have to scale back, it's actually worse. You've wasted money. You've spent it in the wrong areas. And if you do it on a small scale, you can scale up and grow it. I have a friend of mine, Adam, who I use his example all the time. He started an area that had 280 homes. That was it. It was this little area that got cut off. We had a major highway come through and cut off this little part of town. And when he started his farm, he said, I want to spend hundred dollars a month. And after a year, if I don't get anything from it, I'm okay with that. It was just an, a, a test for him. After his first year, he, it was a brand new agent. He ended up winning, winning rookie of the year in our office. He got eight out of the 11 sales in that neighborhood from a 280 person neighborhood. I know agents who have farmed 5,000 homes and don't even get eight sales from that area. So going back to that CPR, having that micro community, you can build those relationships. You can become that expert. You can become the ambassador on a smaller scale and really start getting that momentum going. And then you take the money from that and then you can always expand and grow up. So many agents go out and they try it for a few months. They go, oh, I'm going to try all this area. I'm going to try this neighborhood, this neighborhood, and just spend a bunch of money. And then they don't get the results. And then they quickly shrivel up. They close up shop and stop doing it. And if they would have just started smaller and scaled up, they would have had much more success. So if you've ever thought about farming and you thought about going too big, don't start small and scale up. You can scale up quickly if you start to see the results, but use that small area as your laboratory. Use it as your testing rounds. If, if you've got your systems in place, great. You can scale up. If you've been around and you've done enough business, you know what you're doing. But if you've never done farming before, you haven't done strategies that are effective strategies, you may not know what you're doing and you're going to basically spend more money just to find out that it doesn't work at a higher level. So Figure it out on a smaller scale and then scale up. So lastly, I threw in a free bonus myth is I need to figure out farming on my own. So many agents think that they have to do farming on their own and they have to figure it out on their own. The reality is that you don't have to do farming on your own. You have to learn it from yourself. You can do it. I tried it. I tried figuring out how to do it myself. The great thing is there's a lot more resources like my show and my podcast and things like that, but don't go out there and try to figure it on your own, especially if you're going to go big. If you're going to try figuring on your own, start small and scale up because you don't want to lose a lot of money. I've seen a ton of agents who've come to me, had no experience with farming, no back uh, systems and nothing in place to really do it. And then they spend a lot of money. So if you are looking to get the right help and tools and systems, they are out there, but you need to do that to really speed up the process. You can do it on your own. Absolutely. But it can take you more time and more money. So 
what's next? If you want some more information, as I mentioned, there's some things you can check out. I have my own show that if you want to check out. So I do interviews, a weekly interview with agents. I'm just launching my 50th episode this week. Uh, it'll come out as soon as I'm done the show. I'm going to be launching it. So there's a ton of resources on there. I interview agents all across North America who really crushing it in farms and doing it in different ways. So you can get ideas, you can get some tips and strategies on how to do farming. It's a great way to increase your knowledge about farming. I also have my blog. I do a weekly blog that's on there and I have my courses and other information there as well. Uh, if you want, you can connect on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Launcher Farm. That's the easiest way to connect with me. And I'll wrap up quickly with my three final thoughts and then I'll get to some questions if you guys have some. So these are three things that you must do to succeed in farming. The first is you have to learn. You have to commit to learning. Farming doesn't the fundamentals of farming doesn't change, but the strategies change, technology changes, rules change, competition changes. You have to be committing to learning. And that's what I love about real estate. Real estate is an ever evolving business. And there's always things you can be learning. When it comes to farming, there's always things you can be learning. You need to be constantly learning and being that go-to person. If you do it correctly, you can position yourself as that expert ambassador. You have to commit. You do not try farming. If you try farming, you're not committed. It's like you don't try working out. You commit to working out, you commit to losing weight, and you go and do that. If you are committed to seriously doing farming, you need to commit. That's why it's better to start small, commit to something you can actually stick with and grow. If you try farming and you send out postcards for a month, that's not trying farming. That's basically attempted marketing. And it's not really farming. So we have to commit to doing the things that we need to do to be successful and commit long-term. Yes, I said it does take, you can do speed up the process, but it does take time to plant those seeds literally and figuratively and to, to grow that business and see the, the results from that. So you have to be committed to it. And then you have to start. No matter what you do, you have to go out and start. If you do not start, if you don't plant that seed, you are not going to reap that harvest. And for every day that you take to plant that seed is another day it's going to take for you to reap your harvest. So you have to go out there and start. I always tell people, write it down, tell someone about it. And in the next 40 hours, go do something about it. If you don't do that, statistically speaking, you are not likely to go out and do that. So if you're thinking about farming, if you're thinking about doing anything, really write it down, tell someone about it and go take action on it. So that's my shtick. That's my spiel. I'll open up for questions. Hopefully you have some. I hopefully I busted some of those myths. And if you have any other myths that you may have heard about, I'm happy to answer some of those and, and bust some of those myths. Anyone have questions for Ryan? I know we're right at the, uh, the bottom of the hour. Ryan, that was awesome. I want to see if quickly as anyone's got questions that they want to share. You've got questions? I'll, I'll make it real quick, Jesse. Ryan, thanks for the information. That was awesome. Um, so obviously we'd love, love to hear about, you know, um, not doing the self-promotion postcards, whatever. I mean, we bet that's going to take a long time, but I'm looking at your, your courses there. Um, and you've got you know, 36 lessons, 5,907. I'm a high D. Is there something yeah. you can tell me in like five minutes on what to do? Just say, do this, do this, do this and be done. Yeah. Really gotta go through. <laughs> I always tell people, people ask me if, 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 if I was getting started, what I would do, what I would do. So I would pick a cause or uh, something that you can do in the community that you can get behind and support. I would uh -huh. focus on local businesses and I would focus on uh, building a community online, whether that's Facebook uh, groups. I think Facebook groups is one of the most underutilized tools for your community. So if you can, and then you can tie those all together. You can work with businesses to help support the local cause. You can support those local businesses to the community and then have your, build your community online through a Facebook group. If you do those three things, you can start with some solid seeds to, to, to grow your business. And then you can start layering in other strategies. If you do it correctly, you can add in as many or as little as you want, but you need to, again, go back to that CPR 
think about the community and then how do you position yourself as that ambassador and expert and then the relationships will come. Awesome. I'll kick you offline after this. Appreciate it. That was a very, very good answer for you, Craig, in like two minutes or less. <laughs> very straightforward. Exactly what you... I love it. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. Play, go ahead. Anybody else got a question before we wrap it up here? I'm here. Ask. I'm sure if you've got the question, someone else has it. So don't be afraid to ask. All right. So if not, I mean, Ryan, this really was a lot of great information. We'll definitely have to have you on again. I, I, I mean, Ryan, I'm a, I believe in Hyperlocal and I believe in the future of if you want to stay in business, we have to make a connection. And especially... If you're not passionate about your community, fine. Find some other way to, to do business, right? Yeah. But if you if you like if you really truly like where you live, you like your community, and you enjoy building relationships, this is the best way to insulate your business. Yeah, so 100%. check out Ryan's podcast. Check out Ryan's courses. I mean, we as I always tell you guys, we don't get anything for you guys hiring Ryan. He's not paying us money. He didn't come as an advertiser. He's here because his stuff works and he wants to help agents. That's the only reason he's here. We just want to connect you guys up with the tools you need to sell more houses in less time. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Ryan, for being here. Truly appreciate it. Um, As a reminder, guys, we're back here in a couple hours, 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, It'll be 1 o'clock, no, 12, 1, 2 o'clock East Coast time. We have an Ask Me Anything with a communications and NLP expert, Brian Curtis. And uh, Ryan, make sure let's have you talk to Zach. Let's get you booked to come back on again. This is awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, and happy farming. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bye, everybody. Enjoy your time in Disney or at Legoland. You, you like that? Like, I mean, this is literally, they turn on the music at 8.30. They're like, all right, it's time to, time to get off. So I got to go find my, my, my children. And this is my, uh, the rest of my good day will be wandering around this place. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Have a good day, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye, if you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.